from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Hello and welcome to LaughBox. This is Chip Lutz. LaughBox is the podcast of the Association for the apply, uh, for Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I forgot where I was at for just a minute. Today, we've got Eileen Kaplan with us. Eileen is a fascinating woman, done a lot of stuff in her life, has um, uh, been through some trials and tribulations, has used humor to push herself through it. So welcome, Eileen, to LaughBox. I am. Thank you. Thank you so much for welcoming me. This is really fun. I love to do these. I really love to do these. So, and, um, go ahead. I was going to say, just, you know, I was, I was, I cut you off. I'm sorry. I was going to tell you just, uh, you know, introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and, you know, where you're from. Okay. I'm Mylene Kaplan. I am going to be 73 years old. I have done just about everything you can do in your life. I also was a member of a member of EWN, which is the Women's Network, and I'm also a member of the AATH, actually. And I um, I love humor. And what happened was when I was in um, having my breast removed because I found a cancer in each breast within five months. I decided I was about two years later, my, my team said to me, Eileen, you really should write a book. And I said, I've never written anything before. They said, well, you, you kept us laughing for the last year and a half. There must be something that's funny. So I sat down one day at the computer and started typing and wrote a book. And the book's name is Laughter is the Breast Medicine. Oh, I love that. Laughter is the Breast Medicine. Yes, and um, I did it myself. I, I published it myself. I did it all by myself. I um, what else did I do? I promoted the book by myself. I went everywhere speaking about the book, and I've sold fo- oh more than five thousand of them mm-hmm. to um, women who are in this terrible phase of their life. And I've had so much, so many kudos about, thank you, you've helped me, you're my Bible, I keep it under my arm, I'm on and on and on. I've been so endowed with wonderful kudos about the book that I've helped people with the book. And um, I've enjoyed, enjoyed it all. And I was getting ready to start another book, but I was interrupted by a cancer. And it kind of took, uh, took my life away for a little while. I'm just... I'm just hanging on here and trying to shrink the little brats. And um, so whether I write another book, I don't know. If I do, the title will be My Breast Foot Forward. <laughs> That's a great play on words. It's a great title. Yeah. Well, tell me, a little yeah. about your, tell me a little about your book. I love the title one. I love the title. But okay. you know, tell, me, tell me a little about your book. Well, you, I, have a, I have a website. You can see it, which is EileenAKaplan.com. And the book is a small, it's not a novel for sure. It's a small book and it's done beautifully with a beautiful white cover. And on the front cover is a big old trash can with bras hanging out of it. And that was when I threw my bras out because I don't wear bras anymore. And um, 
the back of the cover has me walking out of the book with my two Sharpay, which are really not real Sharpay puppies, but I call my, my breasts where they, the, 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 the holes in the caverns that are left from my mastectomy, I call them my Sharpay. And the good thing about them is I don't have to walk them, water them, or feed them. <laughs> so what's, what's in your book? I mean, how do you, what, do you, what do you cover in there? I cover my journey through breast cancer. What's and I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say, uh, let's say, hear a little bit about that. Okay. Um, my, my book has, starts with how I, when I found the, um, when I found the tumors. And, um, and when I met my, my breast cancer surgeon and uh, what I went through when I was going through breast cancer, I was in Boston and I decided everything that was funny, I wrote down and, and that's how I started the book actually. It's really a, a detailed funny story about how I went through breast cancer. What's, so, uh, what's uh, one of the uh, funny stories that happened during the horse? Cause I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, I mean, it is very traumatic, you know, any kind of cancer is traumatic, but you know, especially, you know, you're looking at a uh, double mastectomy, that's gotta be, you know, you know, traumatic, you know, uh, one, you know, one breast, but both as well. I mean, so, you know, having that kind of attitude certainly helped you through, but what were some of the funny things that happened during that journey? Okay. Some of the funny things that happened during that journey um, well, I would say um, a story that I wrote about a man that I met uh, over the telephone about 35 years ago when I had my stationery business, and I had problems with the, with the order that came in. So I met Henry, and um, this was in the early 70s, and we've been friends ever since by phone. We've never met each other, ever. And we described each other, you know, I said, I'm five foot ten, I have blonde hair, I have a really nice figure, you know, that sort of thing. So we decided one day, after my, my breast surgery, we decided it was time to meet before something would happen. So I wrote an, um, a chapter in the book called, uh, let me see, it's called Dear Henry. And um, I have, I had a great um, illustrator and there's a half of a O Henry bar on the top of the on the top of the page mm -hmm. and it's um, so I met this young man and my business grew and he accepted promotions from he had accepted promotions from one company to another and every Christmas I baked him pepperoni bread for 35 years although I closed my business we remained friends and in 2005, I called to tell him I had just been diagnosed with breast cancer, and he was upset to tears, but as always, we laughed over silly stuff. Mm -hmm. One day, when we were on the phone and decided this wild friendship of 36 years, it was time to meet in person. Mm -hmm. Finally, we set the date. We were going to meet in Mystic, Connecticut at a restaurant, and... Um, it was really funny because when before the big date, Henry said, Eileen, you probably won't recognize me. I'm short, bald, and older than we were when we first met. Uh -huh. And I said, Henry, Henry, don't worry about it. You won't recognize me. I have gray hair and no breasts. 
So um, we met with our spouses at a commuter lot off of the highway. We had dinner and we've been hugged and kissed as if we'd known each other our entire lives. Mm -hmm. And we still meet each other for uh, at least once or twice a year to have a laugh. He was very funny. He was very, very funny. And we used to laugh our butts off when we were on the telephone, really. Uh, We used to laugh our butts off. That's so That was what... Go ahead. That's so important, isn't it? I mean, when you're going through something, not to just remain isolated, to reach out and talk to people that make you laugh like that. Um, and really? Was, what's neat is that you guys never met. It was just, you know, it was a phone thing. And then I like the fact that uh, you, you met in person a little bit later yep. in life. And the, the, the committee twisted the end is like, I probably look a little bit different. That's, that's nice. Yep. That's funny. Yep. It was really, it was really, it's really a great, actually right now, he's, he's in terrible trauma because I've got this, I'm, I'm working on this, um, this pancreatic tumor. And he says he's afraid to call the house every time because he's not, he's afraid I won't be there. But anyway, um, I had a very funny, um, a very funny list of my chapters. And I just didn't say chapters, chapters are, I had laugh at, Stand up and salute. Know those boobies. Boobology 101. My coming out party. The rash. The instant hot flashes. My chemo kit. Uh oh. The get well and the get well entourage. So this is how this is how I write. I mm-hmm. write just what comes out of my head. And then I had you know, my post-op madness, my pre-op, cir- my pre-op circus and reconstruction, forget about it. So um, the last piece in the book was Dear Henry, Bits and Pieces, and This is Not the End. Mm-hmm. So I hope it's not the end, and I hope I can get to the book. But right now, um, my brain isn't in, isn't in book mode, and I am sad about it, but I I have to put myself and my family first right now because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And I, I want to make sure that everybody knows everything they're supposed to know. Well, that's, and, and then that's a good attitude to have, but you know, think about that book. I mean, we were talking earlier that humor is not something that's new to you. I mean, you've used it your whole entire life, right? I mean, you start off in the medical field as an x-ray tech and, you know, you've incorporated humor pretty much in all of your life, you know, your whole life. Um, yes, that is you, true. How have you, uh, used some humor, you know, before all of this, how has it been incorporated in your life and where's your, humor? Oh, okay. I was always start, I was always the fire starter. Do you know you know what that is? I was always the one starting trouble. <laughs> and um, yeah. no, ma- no matter where I was uh, when I was in Girl Scout camp, all the way through mm-hmm. till now, I was always the fire starter. And um, in, at camp, I stole the the, the 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 cook's bras and put them up top, at, at the top of the at the top of the flagpole. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was in X-ray tech, I, I, we had we had a dark room there, and we had a very pers- a person who was very dark in the dark room putting the films through. So I was in the room that was next to the dark room, and what we did was when we finished X-raying this person, we would tap on the on the door, and she would open it from the other side and take the films out and put them through. Mm-hmm. Well, I decided I was going to give her a jolt. 
So I took a I took a rubber glove and I blew it up, and I put Lubifax on it, and uh, I put that in the in the pass in the pass box. Uh-huh. And if you could have heard the screams, the scream, the crying, the screaming, she's coming out. Eileen, I'm going to get you. I'm going to kill you. And she was chasing me down the hall in the hospital. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. It was really funny. It was really funny because God bless Jay. She was honestly so so dark that all you could see were her white eyes <laughs> running out of, <laughs> running out of the dark room so you know that's something from something from when i was an x-ray tech mm-hmm. and um let's see when i when i had my paper business i did about 20 i did about 1500 parties and weddings bar and bat mitzvahs invitations and napkins and things like that and um one time I was with somebody and I said, how is so-and-so? And she said, he's dead. And I said, oh, God, <laughs> it wasn't too good, Eileen, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I was selling real estate, um, oh, this is a funny one. When I was selling real estate, I had this house that had everything wrong with it. So I had to inspect it from, top, you know, from bottom to top. And the people that had owned the house were upholsterers. And they had these little styrofoam, you know, popcorns all over the third floor. Mm-hmm. So I went up on the third floor. I had to check everything, and I stepped on a nail, and I took my shoe off, and there I was bleeding. So I said, oh, my God, I have to get to the doctor because I need a tetanus shot. So I went down to my car, and, I, of course, I didn't have any Band-Aids with me, but what I did have were Kotex pads. So I undid a Kotex pad, stuck it in the bottom of my shoe, and went to the doctor. When I got there, (laughs) I said, he wasn't laughing. It was just, it was so funny. I said, how do you like my (laughs) Band-Aid? And he just was like, oh God. It was it was really funny. I have to tell you, it was really funny. I know there are a lot of things like it's funny that he didn't laugh because that's hilarious to me. And it's hilarious. I, I would laugh as well. And some, some humor is sometimes lost on other people, but we just have yeah, to it's true. As long as we're enjoying it's, it, and it's not it's anybody's, true. it's not at anybody else's expense. Ah, no harm, no, no foul. No, no. I had a good time. And then I. Uh, um, after that, I was, that was real estate. And then I went out to pasture with the state of Connecticut and was just a lowly assistant in one of the, in one of the, uh, units, you know, and I couldn't do much there too, because I was older and everybody, everybody there's afraid of older people, you know, that they could be, cra- they're crashing in on their, on their, on their, on their job, or they might be funnier than they are. So you have to be really careful. You know, that you don't step on any toes. So that was not the most favorite job I had. But the most favorite job I had was really writing this book and speaking all over New England and all the way to Calgary. I've spoken at hospitals and churches and women's groups and you name it. I've spoken at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. I've spoken at Brigham Women's Hospital. I've spoken at St. Vincent's Medical Center. Mm. So I've spoken all over. And it really has been a joy in my life. It really has been a joy in my life. Well, that's a great message, I hope. I mean, taking, you know, a tragedy and turning it into triumph and giving other people mm-hmm. 
a message, mm -hmm. a message of hope because it can be, and like we were talking about before, so traumatic, you know, yeah. whether, whether you're the person going through it or you're the caregiver, you know, there's, That's right. it's, there's a ripple effect. It affects everybody and people need to know that there's life on the other side and there's hope on the other side and you have to have strategies for getting through things. Have to have some You do, you do. It really, but I loved speaking and when I went to Calgary, my husband, I, he said, where are you going, Eileen? I said, I'm going to Calgary. He said, what? I said, yeah, I've been invited to speak at their March for the Cure. Mm -hmm. So I, he, I made my reservations and I flew to Calgary and the girl that met me uh, was someone that we had met in the islands when we, had, we were on vacation. And my husband looked at her and gave me the elbow. He said, Eileen, I think she doesn't have her breasts either. So I went over and I introduced myself as a sister, you know, that we've both been through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And she says, oh, damn, it was too hot today. I left my bra back on the bed. And so we talked a little further and she invited me to come to Calgary to speak at the, at their, um, cancer, the women's cancer march. And I did that. And when I came home, I had a cowboy hat on. <laughs> and it was really, it was really great. It was really great, great fun. But when we met, we were in a t-shirt shop in, um, I think, Isla Harris in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, when Arnie said to me, I think she doesn't have breasts either. I went over and introduced myself. And, and, and we, that, that's how we became friends, that we were breastless wonders. Well, and, you know, when, it, having that common bond with somebody, it, so uh, I'm sure it was an instant rapport between the two of you. Absolutely, it is. You know, I have, I have friends, Chip, that I met early on in my breast days that I would send things out to. And I, I, I don't know how I met this woman. She was in the Pennsylvania Coalition for Breast Cancer. And her sister had just had a bilateral. And I had one of these brand new vests that you put on that you can put all your inside pockets with all your, your – um, drains in. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just sent it to her. I said, here, give this to your sister, Beverly. It'll help her out because she was having a really hard time. Well, from there we became, we've never met each other. We've became fast friends. I sent her a dozen books for their, for their fundraiser. And, um, we were just talking the other day and her sister told her about a woman that she's friends with who's the CMO of, of, um, let me think of what it is. It's, uh, it's Bios Biospar. It's a it's a it's a company that's doing tremendous research on pancreatic camp, camp pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, we got together. The doctor called me and said I can call her anytime, and she gave me the information of who to connect when I connect when I connect there. So I don't know. It could be something in my life coming coming forward in my life, I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, she sent me a gift the other day, and I, she said, I'm sending you something. And so she sent me six, um, six free coupons to um, Blue Bunny, Bunny Ice Cream. It's called Bunny Tracks. Nice. <laughs> and um, I love Bunny Tracks. And there are little chocolate bunnies in there that are, you know, like moose tracks. These mm -hmm. are Bunny Tracks. And um, so she sent me this envelope. She says, I called the company and they wouldn't send you any ice cream, but they sent me these. <laughs> so we have friends from all over. I'm, I'm very, very close friends with my breast cancer surgeon of 
11 years, very, very close friends. And anything that happens in my life that's medical that I need help with, mm-hmm. I will call him. And when I, when I was diagnosed with this pancreatic stuff, mm-hmm. I called him and in, in 10 minutes, Chip, 10 minutes on the phone, they had an, they had an appointment for me the next day with the, the biggest big shot east of the Mississippi River in liver and pancreas wow. in, in Boston. I mean, seriously, you make these, you make these network friends and you keep them, you keep them forever. You send them a little card, you send a pair of socks, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Right. And, and I, I believe it's because of him that, that I'm doing so well, thank God, uh, because we found it early. Right. And uh, even though it, even, even though it had metastasized, uh, we did find it early and they were very, very little, tiny little things. Um, but now I, I have, um, I have infusion and then I wear a pump for two days. You have, you ever seen those? Uh-uh. Well, it's, you know, it goes around your waist. It's a, you know, it's just a strap that goes around your waist and there's a pump that's put into a, into a, um, into a nylon bag, a little pump. And in that pump is the real hot stuff and you wear, and it goes into, into my port. And you wear that for 46 hours after your infusion. So um, I couldn't stand wearing this plain black bag. So I got went to the went to the AC Moore or one of those places and got a bunch of little Swarovski crystals. Mm-hmm. And on the bag, I stuck the letters "Sniper." <laughs> so that's that's great. And. <laughs> And every time, you know, I don't listen for it because you could hear when it every ninety seconds it shoots out the the hot stuff. Yeah. But when I when I hear it, I say, "Kill it, stab it, suffocate it, crush it." Uh huh. So that's a, that's very great, positive. That is very <laughs> positive. I was going to ask. I mean, with you know your current bout, you know, it's again you make it through one and now you're you're hit again. I mean, you're still so upbeat. How do you stay so upbeat all the time? Um, it's not all, I have to tell you, there are down moments, you know, there, you can't, you're human and there are down moments. And when I w- had my breast cancer, I, I, I never said why, what, you know, why me? I just had it, get rid of it, go on with your life. But this one, I, I it kind of shocked me, you know, it shocked me. And, and I, and I said, why there are so many derelicts out there mm-hmm. th- that, that could get this stuff. Why me? Right. You know, I have so much yet to do. So we're hoping and praying that these protocols that I'm in and there may be trials that will be available to us and, and a cure may come down the pike in the next year or two that maybe, maybe will cure me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's what I'm praying for. You know, I'm, I'm Jewish and um, I have had cards come to me from Lady of Lords and St. Jude and, you know, from all over the missionaries all over the country. I pray to them. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Right. I pray to them, you know? Right. So um, I'm on the international prayer lines and one of my girlfriends, I, was, I think I'm going to have to buy her, I'm going to have to buy her knee pads because she goes to church for me all the time. 
and her knees are probably all calloused. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I appreciate that you know everything you've gone through and the fact that no matter what, even though you, like you said you're human, you have downtimes, but for the most part, you've got a great sense of humor, and you know you're you're plugging forward and providing hope and and uh, a glimmer of hope for other people as well. You know, for people that are listening, if they're going through you know, a similar trial, what would be the recommendations you would give them on, you know, keeping your spirits up and moving towards the next day? Well, you know something, I've had, I've had some emotional help through this because I just really needed it. And, and the help that I got was the most important thing is to stay in the day, stay in the moment. Don't look at the future. I mean, if they said you've got one to three years to live, don't look at year three. Stay at day one where you are and live your life in that moment, in that day. And it will help you get through a lot of things. She told me about this little story that I do use. I have it in my head. And she said it's about a trolley car. And I was standing in front of the trolley car. And it was a beautiful trolley car. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let me on. I wanted to get on the car, but they wouldn't let me on because it would take me to the future. So I just stood outside the trolley car and, and, and waited because I was in the moment at that particular time. I was at that day in my life in the moment. And every time I tried to get on the trolley car, which was going to take me six months ahead in my brain, Mm -hmm. I didn't get on the car. So I didn't, I didn't go to the future. I stayed in the present. And that's one of the hardest things to do is staying in, in the moment, in the present, in, in the day and enjoy your life to its fullest. That is really what this is all about. You know, if there's snow on the ground tomorrow, it'll, people cry, oh, it's snowing, it's snowing. I said, oh, tomorrow it'll melt. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's how I live. I like that. And that's just good advice just for all of life, isn't it? Yeah. That, you know, a lot of times worry can rob us of the joy we should be enjoying today. Exactly. That, you know, exactly. Because I am, I'm, I'm very timid about, you know, I go every three weeks, I go to Boston, every three months I go to Boston. I have a, an oncologist here in Connecticut and I have an oncologist in Boston. And when I go to Boston, I have to have a CAT scan and it, it, it drives me bananas worrying what the CAT scan is going to say. So I have to try and bring myself back from that mm -hmm. and live in the day and not live four weeks ahead of me. Right. So I that's, like that. they kicked me off the trolley a couple times. Well, I, that's great advice and, and advice that I will take, you know, into my, even though I'm not going through what you're going through and God bless you, you know, advice that I can certainly use in my everyday day. Cause I'm, for me, I'm a chronic warrior. I always get on the trolley thinking about, Oh, what's, you know, I got to worry about six months from now. I got a year from now. And a lot of times it robs mm -hmm. me of the, robs me of the joy of today. And it there's, does. A, there's a lot to be enjoyed right today. So after today, if people want to find your book, where can they find it? They can find it um, on, on the web. Uh, they just dial EileenAKaplan.com. Mm -hmm. and it'll take them right to my website. Or if they go to the back page of my website, they can order it directly from me, and they'll get it signed and sent to them within 24 hours. Nice. They, they can <laughs> get it nice. through Amazon. They can get it through Amazon. 
They can get it through Barnes & Noble. They can read it through Kindle. So I'm out there, restless and out there. <laughs> and, putting your, <laughs> and putting your breast foot forward. Yeah, putting my breast foot forward. Exactly. I love that. That is a great title. That is a great title. Yeah. I really appreciate the time that you spent with me today, and I know that the people listening will uh, garner some hope and some great strategies for their everyday living from the things that you've shared today. Thanks so much well, for Well, that's good. Well, you're entirely welcome, and if anybody wants to talk to me, you can direct them to me through you. Okay. We'll so do. if anybody would like to talk to me, that's not a problem. I don't have a problem talking to anyone. That sounds great. Well, thanks again. For those of you listening, okay. this has been Laugh Box. I am Chip Lutz, Unconventional Leader. You can find me at unconventionalleader.com. Thanks again, Eileen, and hang in there. I, I, Thank you very much. Thank you so a, much. It's been a sheer joy talking with you today. Thank you. Um, it's nice meeting you as well, Chip. Bye-bye. Bye. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at AATH.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit LaughBox.AATH.org.